Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 6 is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps, Game of Thrones Live. And now, here are the two guys who are unbowed, unbent, and unathletic. I'm Rob Sestrino. Here's Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? Uh, I'm really, really weak when it comes to all things athletic. It's just, it's true. There's no, no denying it. I do not know what a sports is. <laughs> yes. Okay. We do know what Game of Thrones is, and we are here to talk about the latest episode here tonight. Josh, how you holding up? Oh, I mean, that sucked. <laughs> that, that sucked. That sucked. Uh, that, was a, that was a really difficult episode um, and a very tough ending. Uh, I'm holding up. I'm, I'm, I'm holding up. I'm glad that I've got you to talk, talk through all this with Rob. Well, we always say nothing good ever happens on wedding day at Game of Thrones. Wedding day on Game of Thrones is the worst day possible. Worst. I think I would take a, a Dothraki wedding over a Bolton wedding. Yeah, we always cry at weddings and uh, this is no exception because it's a uh, it's a n- not a fun wedding for no. the uh, Stark Bolton affair. Yeah, yeah. This is a tough start to the marriage. Uh, this is a bad start to the marriage. Yeah. So this was difficult. This is really bad. And I know that this is a scene. What happened to Sansa at the end of this episode is something that is really striking a nerve. Uh, just look, looking at Twitter right now and um, reading. I've, I've already read a couple of you know roundups of fan reactions that have been posted online. Um, there, there are a lot of very, very, very upset people with this Sansa development tonight. And uh, understandably, for sure. Well, could you just help shed some light on this? Surely, is it just that the imagery and the subject matter is disturbing, or are there other reasons why fans are upset about this? I think that there's there's a there's a bunch of things. You know, it's a it's a really complicated um, issue. I think as as for why people are are so upset about it. First off, it's just really upsetting. You know, what happened to Sansa is deeply, deeply troubling and upsetting. Um, you know, she has been a character who has been put through so much since we've known her on Game of Thrones has started off, you know, wanting to be, you know, basically a fairy tale princess. And that gets, you know, thrown into the trash pretty quickly. And it's been, you know, a, a long ride for Sansa to kind of like become empowered and become somebody who is, you know, not willing to just, you know, let life have its way with her. She's, you know, somebody who found some backbone, was able to stick up to some of these Lannisters, was able to kind of wheel and deal under Littlefinger's tutelage and even has this great moment tonight in the episode where she tells Miranda to stuff it. Uh, That was great. And I think that people are really bummed to see these circumstances befall Sansa in particular after all that she's already been through on this show. I think I think that's a big piece of it. Um, You know, and the other piece of it is or another piece of it, at least, is I, I think that a lot of people have been dreading this moment. Um, for a little while now, there's, um, you know, we, we've talked about how season five is really the season that's been taking some big departures from the books uh, than any season that we've gotten so far. Sansa's storyline is one of those stories where we don't really know exactly where Sansa's story is going on the show. It's different from what's going on in the books. Um, and what happens tonight to Sansa does happen to somebody in the books who is not Sansa Stark, but there was a lot of thought that oh, is this where we're going with Sansa? Oh, this is where we went with Sansa. So I think there's a lot of, just a lot of not feeling great about what happened here um, and a lot of kind of uh, feeling pretty icky. Feeling pretty icky and feeling pretty depressed over this whole scene. Yeah, I thought maybe it was going in the direction of where 
Theon was going to maybe come to the rescue here of Sansa. And I thought maybe it was going to be sort of yeah. like a la Darth Vader throwing a spoiler alert about uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, uh, throwing the Emperor down the shaft. And as he was like, you know, hurting Luke Skywalker, I thought maybe that's where we were going to go. But no, no. Not yet, at least, you know, he. It, it's going to take a little more than that to, to really shake uh, Theon back to life if this wasn't going to be the thing that does it. But yeah, I think a lot of people were probably, you know, really hoping that that was what we were going to get out of Reek. You know, Reek is, is smelling better than he's ever smelled before, or at least in a long time, is looking pretty decent. He's allowed to go by Theon Greyjoy at the wedding. Um, you, would, you would think that if there was a time for him to kind of snap out of this horrible, horrible funk that he's been in, uh, you know, based on all of the torture and, and humiliation and all of these horrible things that, that Ramsey has put him through, you would think that this might have been that moment. It wasn't that moment. I mean, you know, in a, in a classic fantasy or sci-fi story or any, anything that's a little bit outlandish, you know, you would think that this would be the moment where the hero swoops in, tears the bad guy off and throws him out of Winterfell, you know, throws him out of the tower like Jamie Lannister versus Bran. But this is the show where Jamie Lannister pushes Bran out of winter. This is this this is the show where the the little boy who loves to climb more than anything in the entire world is crippled by the end of the very first episode. So this is not The Empire Strikes Back. This is not uh, Return of the Jedi. This is not that kind of story. This is the story where a guy like Reek he just watches. He just watches, and we have to watch Reek watching, and it's very terrible. Very terrible. All right, so we are live here on Sunday night trying to process everything that we've seen here in this episode. Tonight, we've got the chat room open at postshowrecaps.com. We're going to take your tweets in this show at hashtag PSRecaps and then also on our YouTube channel at postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube. All right, so Sansa is officially married. Uh, she is officially... The marriage is official based on what we saw tonight. So that is, uh, we're not going to have that convenient sort of thing that happened with her marriage to Tyrion. And now Sansa is really in the mix here as a Bolton. Yeah, I think that the, the, the good news, if there is such a thing, something we could look forward to is you got to imagine that Ramsey Bolton has to get his at some point. That did not happen tonight, but this this deed does not go unpunished. There has to be, some level of karma in even in Westeros that a guy like this is going to get taken out. And it's just a matter of who will do it. When will it happen? How will it happen? This guy cannot last. And th this would be the way to get Sansa out of this marriage. But barring that, I think barring, you know, killing Ramsey Bolton, you know, finding some way to take this guy off the field. Yeah. Sansa Stark is Sansa Bolton right now. What we saw down with the, conversation between Littlefinger and Cersei about what the ultimate plans that the Lannisters have, where it's going to be, you know, Stannis is heading towards Winterfell that right. they're, they're going to let the Boltons and Stannis's forces duke it out. And then whoever survives that, then Littlefinger with the Knights of the Eerie are going to come in and then basically just take those guys out. So one way or the other, we know the end is near for the Bolton era. Yeah, uh, but the worst the, the worst part about that is uh, unless Littlefinger is lying, which would not be beneath Littlefinger, Littlefinger is promising Cersei that he'll bring her Sansa Stark's head on a pike. Well, uh, so, <laughs> you know, potentially this just ends badly for Sansa no matter what. Yeah, it ends badly, but I can't imagine that that part is right. I mean, I don't know what, what Littlefinger would have to gain by 
bringing Sansa to the Boltons and then leaving her and then bringing her to Cersei. Like, I'm not sure why that pit stop at Winterfell was necessary if that's his ultimate plan. Right, right. Um, no, I mean, listen, I, do I think that Littlefinger is going to fulfill that promise? Is he really going to deliver Sansa's head to Cersei Lannister? Based on everything that we've seen about Littlefinger and his feelings towards Catelyn Stark and now Sansa Stark, I don't buy that for a second. Uh, not a chance in the world, as someone once said. Uh, but I, I do think that um, I, I do think it, it raises questions about about where this is going. You know, you have you have Littlefinger saying that he is going to lead the charge against whoever is left over on the Baratheons and Bolton side of the battlefield. Uh, and you just hope that that day is coming quick because I don't want Sansa anywhere near this Ramsay Bolton uh, any longer than she has to be there. You know, Sansa has a run in with Miranda again up in her bedroom to get ready for the wedding day. And you totally can understand why Miranda wouldn't want anybody else getting their hands on a prize like Ramsey, right? Oh, yeah. No, he's, uh, he's the goods. He's the real deal. He's the real <laughs> deal. You really just want to hang on to that guy as long as you got him. What was she going for there? Like, I thought she was going to try to hurt Sansa or she was going to try to kill her. Like, right. what was her best case scenario there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, Sansa, what a badass! And and the just the the you know the, the the guts that it takes to to say what she says to Miranda, being like, "Oh, am I stealing your boyfriend? Boo hoo! I'm Sansa Stark. What do you want?" Uh, what was going to stop Miranda from just like stabbing her in the bathtub? I re- I thought that that's probably what Miranda uh, was was aiming for. I thought that Miranda was trying to start some stuff. Uh, you know, is really maybe going to use this as an opportunity to. Uh, send Sansa off the same way that Catelyn Stark left this world. But um, I don't know. I think Miranda is just really goading Sansa. I think that she is, obviously, she's a lover scorned by this whole situation. And I think that she's just trying to make life as unpleasant for Sansa as humanly possible. Yeah, but she was just like kind of annoying. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's pretty annoying, actually. she's That, that would annoy me. I she's think. such a Miranda. She's, she really is such a Miranda. She really is. She really is. But anyway, so she is, you know, the lady in waiting and she is going to hopefully uh, wait out this marriage here between Sansa and Ramsey. And it was it was a beautiful wedding, I do have to say. You know, that's the that's the the crazy thing about it is it it actually was like um, like visually stunning, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, everything out by the gods would and. Um, there's something about the about the ceremony itself. While it was it was very haunting because you know that she is getting married to a Bolton, and that is not a great thing. But the like you know the language of the ceremony, the steps of the ceremony, just every, the way that everything looked um, out in the night with the snow and everything. It was a beautiful wedding with a really horrible, horrible husband and ending. Yeah. The snow started to fall. Josh, is this something that we should expect? It, well, I guess you would know as a as a book reader, but uh, visually, that we talk so much about winter is coming. We saw right. the snow starting to fall. We heard Cersei say that the weather has already started to turn. Should we be expecting just more and more of this? Yeah, I would probably, I would probably say so. I mean, we have been hearing from the very first episodes of this series, "Winter is coming, winter is coming," and I think that we are. Uh, Look, it's season five. Winter got you got to get here. You get here already. Where are you? 
Uh, so we're starting to see signs of snowfall. We're starting to hear people talking about how it's really imminent. You know, it's not just the Northerners and the Starks who talk about winter coming. It is, as you point out, it's a Cersei Lannister bringing it up. And I think if someone like Cersei is bringing it up, that means it's fairly imminent. So, yeah, I, I would expect that we will see more snow as the series progresses. Okay. Let's go ahead and switch over to King's Landing and talk about everything that's going on there with the High Septon and, of course, the return of the Queen of Thorns. Lady Elena is back. She's back. She's back. And, man, it was, it was, um, it was, a, it was a great night for her until it wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't like this high septin one bit, Josh. No, he's a he's a real he's a real pain in the butt. He's a he's a real jerk. Yeah. No, I I don't like any of this stuff going on with the high septin. Uh yeah, he's um, you know, his his whole his whole posse, you know, brother Lor uh not Loris, brother uh Lancel and everybody, you know, these are these are bad people. They're they're messed up people, they're making King's Landing. Uh King's Landing it's so prude now. You know, you used to be able to party in King's Landing, you used mm-hmm. to be able to have a good time. Uh, there's no, there's no fun times in King's Landing with a high septum, with a high spare. Yes. And so this is the ongoing saga that we had everything going on with Sir Loris. And now we had this tribunal. What would you call this? Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a, it was the trial of Loris Tyrell. And then it was an inquisition, in, I believe they an called inquisition. it. inquisition. Yeah. And, and it was an ambush. It was an ambush against Marjorie. How about that? Yep, and so we end up with seeing Sir Loras on the stand, and he swears that he didn't do anything, and then Marjorie attests to this, and she swears on the stand, and then here we go with the squire of Sir Loras, and Chekhov's birthmark is here. Chekhov's Chekhov's birthmark is real. Yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, That was that was great. You know, as soon as as soon as Oliver steps into the room, you just know that that's where we're going. We're going to this place where we are going to bust out the Dornish birthmark again. And it's going to be what, you know, sinks uh, Loris here. But I, you know, I think it was it was pretty clever the way that they use that to to kind of draw Marjorie into this as well. Um, You know, Marjorie, who's been sitting pretty uh, for most of this season so far. Uh, ever since Loris got taken into into custody, has been kind of losing her grip on things. But this was a really, really fast fall for her. Um, so what what do you think, Rob? What do you think the fallout of this is going to be with uh, the Queen of Westeros is now in custody? I, I don't know. You know, I, again, I don't like the High Septon stuff, but the High Septon, his forces, or the, the you know, High Sparrow, his forces are just, you know, the army that Cersei gave him. How did how did the Cersei give him an army that's bigger than the army that the king commands? Um, I think that the deal with with the faith militant is, you know, they they kind of operate on their own set of rules. Um, you know, they are they don't recognize the king and the queen as the highest. Uh, the highest power, you know, they are devout. They are they are uh, servants of the seven, and that's who they who they serve, and they esteem that higher than than a Tommen or a Marjorie. So, um, I I mean, they have they have great numbers. They are in. It, it would seem that whatever facility that they're in in this scene is very much um, a place that is run by those people. It's not where the Kingsguard have the the higher ground, and I think more importantly. 
Um, Tommen, who who doesn't seem to be, you know, feeling confident enough to do just about anything and is being, you know, whispered to by his mother. His mother is, you know, the one who's basically hoping for all of this to happen. So what is she going to do? She's going to send the, the, you know, the knights in to to bust this up. She's going to send people in to to save Marjorie. I don't think so. So, um, you know, the, the circumstances are just really stacked against the Tyrells right now. But at some point, doesn't Tommen say, hey, that's my girlfriend. Let me send the Kingsguard in to go save his her. Wife, his wife. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you would like to think so, wouldn't you? Uh, but, you know, he is, you know, he's still got a record that he wants to hit. Um, and I mean, he's going to have a hard time doing that without Marjorie involved. He's going to is a, very, a, a much lonelier record he could be going for. Right. I just don't feel like this is ultimately going to work in terms of like, you know, outmaneuvering Lady Elena. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, I feel like she's sharper than Cersei. Right. Well, we get, you know, that's certainly what Lady Elena thinks. You know, Lady Elena, we have this fantastic scene between her and Cersei where Cersei is just like scribbling notes and, you know, the Queen of Thorns is like, could you stop? We both know you're not actually writing anything. Uh, just just cut it out. And they, they have this conversation where the Queen of Thorns talks about how she never liked uh, Tywin Lannister. She didn't, you know, she, she wasn't a big fan of Tywin Lannister, but she respected him because he was smart enough to realize that sometimes your rivals can, you know, be people that you work with. And Cersei says uh, the Lannisters have no rivals. Um, So, you know, she is coming from, you know, this perspective that is very inflexible. You know, she's talking about the Lannisters like they are the Lannisters of, uh, you know, pre-season one. Uh, The Lannisters have had, you know, a lot of success on this show, but they've also had a lot of failures as well. They've lost Joffrey. They've lost Tywin. They aren't, you know, as as badass as she's certainly uh, claiming that they are. And I think that that is a good sign that, you know, certainly Elena feels like she's got a, a leg up on Cersei mentally. And I think that you're probably not far off to say that that's the truth. Uh, I think everything that we know about Cersei and everything we get from her in that conversation should tell us um, that if, if you had to pick one in a battle of the wits, I think I would take the Queen of Thorns almost every day of the week. And I think most people would as well. Josh, back when we did the Road to Westeros podcast series, you said you thought maybe this would be the season where we started to like Cersei. There's four episodes left, and I, uh, I, don't, I don't like her. Yeah, I'm like uh, Jeff Probst saying that this is going to be the season of Cersei. You're, you're all going to love Cersei this season. Uh, no, I think, I, think, um, I think that this still potentially is a season where you will get where Cersei is coming from uh, more than usual. Uh, there's four episodes left. There's, 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 you know, time is running out, but there is still time to get in her head a little bit more. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But, uh, you know, the less I say, the better. All right. Littlefinger is also back in King's Landing and he is first summoned by Cersei, but he has a run in with everybody from the, from the High Sparrow and the, you Other know, Lancel. yep. And they're intimidating Littlefinger and they're pushing him around. And I hate this new King's Landing, Josh. It sucks. It sucks. You know, King's Landing used to be like, um, it, it, it was it, like it Vegas. Was, and now it's it was like, like Vegas. Yeah. What's the opposite of Vegas? I don't know. Uh, not Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. Some terrible place. Some terrible place. Yeah. Like Vatican city now. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it sucks. It sucks. And Littlefinger, you know, he can barely recognize it anymore. But, you know, he's here for business and not of the brothel variety. So he's, you know, he's fine as long as he can kind of get in and out. So he's here with Cersei and he says that he is uh, going to work on getting her the north. And he says that he has spotted Sansa. She's up there in the north. She's with the Boltons. So he's really stoking the flames of the Boltons versus the Lannisters. Yeah. And he comes up with this plan that he is going to move into the north after the battle of Stannis versus the Boltons. And he wants to be warden of the north. Yeah. Yeah. He's making his play. This is in that ladder. Listen, gambling outlawed in King's Landing, but uh, when has Littlefinger ever listened to the rules? He's making a big gamble here. He's making his big pitch. Um, he is saying that Sansa is alive. I know about this. I know where she is. Uh, don't even worry about just like going in and trying to get her now. Stannis versus Ram- uh, Stannis versus Roose is about to happen. Bolton v. Baratheon, Dawn of Justice. It's going to be huge. Uh, both sides are going to either tear each other completely apart or one side will win and will be licking its wounds and that's when I will take my forces from the veil. I will swoop in. I'll kick their ass uh, and I, in return, will become the man in the north and you will love it. Things will be great. We will all have such a good time. Uh, and Cersei buys that really fast. Um, and you would think that like it doesn't this sound a little convenient? A little finger convenient? <laughs> it is. Uh, the last thing he says in that scene is, uh, oh, I live to serve. Yeah, I live to serve. Uh, I don't believe that's true. Mm-hmm. He lives to serve himself. That's you know? true. That's true. That's true, but I don't think he lives to serve anybody else. Uh, but Cersei, I don't know. You know, Again, another point in your column, Rob, that maybe um, Cersei not the sharpest knife in the drawer if she's just buying Littlefinger at his, at his word right here. Okay, so now how many episodes will it take for Littlefinger to get back to the north? Will, do we have enough time Several. left in the season? Several. I'm sure I'm sure like we won't see him at the north until nine or ten. Okay. All right. So a couple episodes. But you think in season six he will get back up there. Or before season I, six. I think so. I think so, don't you? I hope so. I hope I mean, so. He got terrible. he got to King's Landing pretty quick. He did. So I you know, whatever it only took two what episodes I, for him to get to King's Landing. Yeah, he's using Druber, I told you. <laughs> okay, good. Great service. All right. So should we talk about Dorn? Should we talk about talk about uh, Arya? Where, where do you want to let's talk about Jorah? Dorn. Let's go to Dorn. Let's stick with the Lannisters. Let's talk with let's let's talk it through. Uh, talk through Dorn. Then we can get to Tyrion. Then we can finish up in Bravos. But uh, yeah, Dorn. Uh, you know, both sides are making their moves against Marcella this week. You know, we know that the Sand Snakes had been conspiring to take her out. Uh, we know that Jamie and Bronn had had infiltrated Dorne with the with the with the intentions of saving Marcella and bringing her back to King's Landing. And these two storylines intersect in this uh, this big battle sequence in the Water Gardens. What do you think of seeing Jamie and Bronn versus the Sand Snakes? Jamie Bronn versus the Sand Snakes was very good. I was wondering, like, uh, well, who could who might die here? Like, uh, could we could Jamie or Bronn possibly die? I'm like, eh, I don't think so. Uh, like what maybe sand one of the snakes. sand snakes, right? Yeah, you could have definitely lost the sand snake there, but they ended up fighting to basically a draw. Basically a draw. Um, basically a draw. Not a lot of not a lot of uh, blood drawn. Um, I I think notable that Bron gets slashed. Um, Bron gets slashed, and we know that that Oberyn Martell he left himself some poison. Or should we be worried that Bron got poisoned here? Boy. I, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, oh, no, 
That could be bad. I wasn't even. I wasn't even thinking that. I wasn't yeah. even thinking that. Boy, that well, that would be good luck. Good luck getting to sleep tonight, Rob. <laughs> but anyway, we have uh, Prince Doran's forces shut everything down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah, Ario Hota is the name of that guy who's uh you know his big bodyguard and has this big axe. Uh, he's a, he's a fun character. Um, he hasn't really had much to do on the show, but he's he, I, I like this guy. Uh, but yeah, he shuts it down. He you know he puts like the axe up against Jamie's head and he says, "When you were whole, this would have been you know this would have been a good fight." Uh, but I mean, listen, it, Jamie for the one-handed guy, he's already killed somebody. He held his own against these sand snakes. He's not doing so bad. Yeah, he's hanging in there. And hanging of course, there. the sand snakes plot to kidnap uh, Princess Marcella is thwarted so what's going to happen now is everybody is prince doran just going to put everybody in their own separate corners okay sand snakes over here jamie lannister and Braun over here marcella over here right um yeah i mean we we don't know what the what the fallout of this is going to be yet you know i i, I do think that we are going to um what what little we do know of doran martell so far of dr bashir martell um is that he is not like the fierce warrior that his brother is He's the guy who says that, you know, patience, let's be patient. Let's just calm down. Let's take a breath. Uh, when, you know, when Ilaria Sand is saying, let's go avenge Oberyn right now, Doran is the one who's saying, nope, let's take a minute here. Um, so he is somebody who exercises caution. He's somebody who likes to think things through, talk things through. So I, I feel like, um, you know, in his hands, this situation, I think there's going to be a lot more talking before there's any more bloodletting. Okay, well... That's what everybody wants to hear on Game of Thrones. <laughs> sure. Hey, the talking's fun, right? Like it, can be, it can be fun if you have the right characters there. So we'll oh, see. Okay. Uh, right. Jamie will have some explaining to do, you would think, with Prince Doran. Yeah, Jamie, <laughs> you have some explaining to do? He certainly will. And yeah. it doesn't look like Princess Marcella wants to leave either. No, she's, she's into the Tristane thing. She likes Tristane. She wants to stay. I understand. This is, this is a very hot couple. This might be the hottest couple in West. They might be. Don't tell Sam and Gilly. Yeah. I mean, like they, them breaking up would be like a true uh, Bieber Selena breakup type. Of yeah. Thing. They're like on the cover of like the like yes. teen beat in, in Westeros. They're like the yeah. new it couple. Yeah. Uh, Westeros Weekly. <laughs> Westeros Weekly. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump into some of the stuff with Sir Jorah and Tyrion. How about that cootie spot? It's getting bigger. It's getting a little bigger. And a little bigger. That yeah. sucks. And I can't believe uh, we haven't said uh, Wiener Merchant yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think given given the end of, of this episode, I think that uh, you know we need to ease into being able to talk about what was a pretty funny, pretty funny thing that there are Wiener Merchants that we uh, that we have to talk about here. Uh, but yeah, let's, I think that we've earned our way to Wiener Merchant. Let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. And we have Jorah and Tyrion having a, a long talk. And you knew there was going to be some uh, Lord Commander Mormont stuff going on from the previously on. We spent yes. uh, you know a couple scenes on him. Uh, Sir Jorah finds out about his dad passing away. Doesn't let it phase him. Boom. On to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, these, uh, these Northerners, man, they don't have time to cry. But I ain't got time to cry. Ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But we have time for pi- pirates. Always time for pirates. Always time for Mr. Echo. Always time for Mr. Echo. Did you recognize Mr. Echo there, one of the pirates? I cannot say that I did. Mr. Echo from Lost. 
he's uh, he is the he is the leader of this gang of pirates. Are they that more tolerant about uh, drinking on the set of Game <laughs> of Thrones? Oh, uh, man, I don't know. I, I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that this guy is safe either way. You know, he's just being introduced here as, you know, kind of like a Joe Schmo pirate. You got to imagine he's not logged for this world. But, uh, you know, hopefully he is um, not getting behind the wheel uh, the way that he was on Lost. Boy, so Jorah and Tyrion really... I don't think that that was his problem on Lost, but that's, that's a different <laughs> podcast. We'll okay. talk about that another. Uh, Jorah and Tyrion have to talk their way out of this one. So they want to take Jorah as a slave and have him and, and, and the irony of Jorah Mormont becoming a slave. Yeah, because he's, he's on uh, team Targaryen and they don't do the slavery thing. Well, and that's how he got himself banished from Westeros in the first place was uh, running slaves around. That's right. That's right. Good point. And then also then Tyrion, they're going to slit his throat because who knew a a dwarf's member is lucky. Yeah, dwarf's members only jacket. Yeah, they are. They're gonna kill. They're gonna kill Tyrion. They're going to chop off his wiener and they're going to sell it to a wiener merchant because dwarf wieners have magical properties. And good on Tyrion. Tyrion always, always uh, fast on his feet. You know, always, always a fast thinker. He raises the very valid point of. But if you just like kill me now and chop my wiener off, then like how are they going to know that I have that this wiener came from a dwarf? Yeah. To which the pirates probably should have responded, "Okay, let's just kill him. Don't cut the wiener off yet. Bring the body. Let's yeah. just kill him. Let them get to carry him. I guess stuff like that. Dead weight is no fun. Would- and the smell. The smell. Yes. Yes. Um. Why did Sir Jora just not? whip out his cootie spot at this Whoa. point and say, ah, yeah, back who up, wants this? Back who wants some of this? Who wants cooties? Uh, because then they'd probably just execute him immediately. Oh, that would <laughs> probably not be great. Uh, no, that would be nice though. Why didn't he say to those guys, uh, you know what? I want to give you guys a hug. Yeah, I, I want to hug. <laughs> I just I feel a bond with you immediately. I, I just feel, feel is it just me or is, do we have something going on? Okay, let's let's hug it out. Let's hug it I'm out, bro. I'm feeling something. Entourage yeah. movies around the corner. Hug it. Let's hug yeah. it out. <laughs> hug it out. Hug it out. Lloyd. Yeah, I think uh, you know these these grayscale hugs. You got to be careful of that. You know he wants to get his cooties everywhere. That would be whether a he wants to or not. Bear hug it out from Sir Jorah. Bear, yeah, bear hug it out. Bear hug it out with Sir Jorah. Yes. All right. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, with them because they are on their way. Actually, they're going to bring them by Danny. This was all very convenient that uh, Danny happened to open the fighting pits and that Sir Jorah would be great in the fighting pits. Uh, you like Sir Jorah's chances in the fighting pits of Marine? Yeah, but do, do you think that he's actually going to wind up in the fighting pits? Don't you think that he gets to Marine and is like, ah, let me flash my badge. I'm a big deal here. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, I definitely think that's going to be the case. But do you think that he would actually <laughs> hold up well in the fighting pits? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he did kill a Dothraki. You know, he's he killed one of Khal Drogo's riders. He's he's um he's the bear. He's a Mormont. You know, we know that the Mormonts are legit. You know, we we saw Lord Commander Mormont. You know, we we know that these guys have what it takes. I I do like his odds. I think that there is something to be said. Is his fighting style does that mesh with the fighting style of the fighting pits? Maybe not. Um, but I you know I I like I like Sir Jorah in most combat situations. I think he's a pretty good to bet on Sir Jorah. I felt bad when they said he was 60. I know. He's like, I'm not 60. Yeah, because I feel like on Game of Thrones... 50, 58, but like, like, I still got some time. Somebody who's 60 is like old and decrepit. 
Like uh-huh. somebody who's sixty. Like he's I feel like he's fifty-three. Ian Glenn, <laughs> actor Ian Glenn, fifty-three. What the hell, guys? Yeah, what the hell is right. Anyway, so we'll see what happens ultimately. How long will it take for the pirates to get to Marine? Uh, what do you want to you want to call that? Uh, like we're on one, the every other episode track. I feel like yeah, we're not going to see these episodes, guys next so week. N- not next week. Week after. Week after. Okay, sounds right. Let's talk about Arya. A lot sure, of stuff yeah. going on with Arya, especially in the first half of the episode. Yeah, um, yeah, it was interesting stuff. Um, we got to see, uh, we got to see what's behind that door. Uh, what's behind door number one? A bunch of faces. Uh, the governor would love that room. By the way. This is the best room that we've got here in the house of black and white. You're making me look pretty sane right now. <laughs> so the faces there, though, they're taking the dead bodies and they're taking the faces off them. Are those statues? Well, what, what exactly is going on there? Simple. We're going to take your face off. So is, that's what they're doing. But what are that's they doing with the rest of the body? Um, I don't know if they're scrubbing them down. They're giving them a good cleanse before they remove them from the face. It's like it's just a very respectful thing to do. Yeah. And I don't know. The whole, the whole process is obviously murky. Uh, but we've got this collection of faces that, um, you know, it's, a, it's an enormous collection of faces. I don't think that there is anywhere in the world of ice and fire that has a bigger collection of just like Free floating faces hanging up on on pillars in this gigantic hall. I think it's pretty safe to say that this is probably the biggest. Um, what it what it means, how how they're able to use them, why they need to go through the process of scrubbing down the bodies and all of this stuff. Uh, shrug your shoulders is is my response to that right now. But um, you know, mad, magic doesn't need detailed explanation. Not always on this show. Well, that's why we need. <laughs> a uh, dwarf wiener to be able yeah. to understand some of this magic a little bit better. <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe that would help. Maybe that would help. But no, it, I think just the scene was, was really awesome. Just uh, going, going behind the door and seeing deeper into the house of black and white and seeing this huge collection was just uh, pretty freaking rad. Absolutely. So we saw some drama with Arya and Arya 2 tonight. And Arya 2 told her like this whole story about how that she had to go to uh, Jake and Hagar because she wanted to kill her stepmother. And then Arya's like, oh my God. And then Arya too is like, uh, and, and is that a true story? It's like, no. Uh, you know, I, I could have just been lying to you. How about that? I yeah. may have just pastored you. Uh, but no, yeah. Do you like Arya 2 D2's uh, lying game or do you think that that's kind of BS? No, I like, I like that. I, what I didn't like was when Jake and Hagar was uh, beating Arya. Yeah, that's that was mean. I didn't bad, <laughs> like bad that. night for the Stark girls. Oh god, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, that was tough. Um, yeah, that 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 sucked. And also, you know, he was he was hitting her though. You know, just like to take that you know the judgment out of it for a second. Just like to, to, to talk about what what was happening was he was hitting her every time she was lying, and we as an audience knew when she was lying when she was getting a detail wrong. Like my father died in battle. Uh, that's not what happened. You know, things like that. And when she starts talking about why she left Sandor Clegane to die, like she hated him and she wanted him tortured, like he mercilessly hits her. Um, so what do you think that means? What do, you, what do you think that means in terms of Arya's true motivation for why she left the Hound the way that she did? Is it because she's... Don't hit me with a stick if I, if I get this wrong, okay? I, ha- I don't have... Listen, it's established. Not athletic. I don't have that kind of reason. Could she not bring herself to do it? 
Yeah, I think I think that that's what he's alluding to, right? Like, I think it's, um, you know, and it's not like we haven't seen Arya kill before, uh, but it it does seem like he's he seems to be driving at this idea that Arya just didn't have it in her to pull the trigger, so to speak. Uh, and if she doesn't have that in her, how can she do the job that uh, that that you know she seems to want to do this whole uh, faceless man act? So I thought that was interesting. Okay. And so we saw Arya with a also with a young girl that her dad brought in who was not doing well. And Arya ends up, you know, telling this girl a lie. Is Arya telling the girl a lie because he's she's just trying to give her something to believe in? Or is there a, like a more nefarious reason why they're lying to her here? Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what the mechanics mechanics of it are. Um, like, is it? Do you have to to get the person to drink the water and like it has to be their idea? They have to feel good about it. You would think that you could probably just like dunk her face in the water if you really just wanted to have this water kill this person. I don't know. Uh, but may, maybe it's, you know, if you drink the water that has something to do with your face being used as one of the faceless men's identities. I'm not really sure. Um, I, I kind of half expected uh, like the the little girl to turn out to be Arya too, and the dad to turn out to be Jake and Hagar. And it was just another one of these fricking pranks that they're pulling on Arya. There's such pranksters uh, at the house of black. I know. That's what, that's what I've come to expect from these pranksters. I just, I kind of expected that that's where we were going, but no. What was the last thing that Jake and Hagar said to Arya in the episode about how, uh, is the girl ready? Is the girl ready? Yeah. What did she say? Hold on. Let me just, let me look that up real quick. Yeah. He says a girl is not ready to become no one. But she's ready to become someone else. Hmm. Arya three. Arya three. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Arya. Um, yeah. I, I think you know if if the ultimate goal is to become one of these faceless men, and if one of these faceless men um, is you know synonymous with becoming no one, he is saying you're not ready for that yet. Uh, but if he's saying you're ready to become someone else, then maybe that means we're ready for the next step of your training. And that involves this face changing, shape shifting act that we do. Sasha uh, fierce, Sasha fierce, Aria fierce. Sansa fierce. Uh, yeah. yeah. That could be where we're going. Okay. Josh, anything else from the episode or do you want to open this up to questions? Let's open it up. Let's, let's hear from the folks. I'm sure there's a lot to get through tonight. A lot, a lot to talk about here with our questions. And let's start here with question number one from Jason burning, who says, is it just me? Or is Tyrion's blonde hair getting a bit too dark? Mainly the beard. Let's love. That's what I'm. That's where it's, most people wanted to start tonight, right? That's, def, that's definitely the breaking, breaking news of the episode. That's the major major headline. Uh, what do you think? This is a controversial subject, Rob. Do you think that the beard has gotten too dark on Tyrion? I feel like in the pilot they really give Tyrion very blonde hair, and it does not uh, look good. I think I'm ready, ready to just pretend we know he's a Lannister, but. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Here's from Robert Miller. This is this is more of the stuff we want to talk about. This is about Theon. Robert Miller says, "Will Theon snap out of being Reek? Will he inform Sansa of Bran and Rickon's escape of Winterfell? And will Theon ever give the bastard of Bolton a dose of karma?" So I think we could boil that all down to just the essential question of, um, you know, is 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 Theon going to come out to stay? Like, are we going to get rid of Reek? Are we going to wash him away forever? Uh, is Theon going to come out of this or is his inaction at the end of the episode? Is that really telling that that guy is gone and it's really Reek is here to stay? Well, you know, Josh, 
with Reek slash Theon, are we supposed to, you know, feel angry at Theon at this point in time because of what he didn't do? Because, you know, you could certainly make a case that what Ramsay did to Theon is, you know, he does horrible things to Sansa, but he's also done horrible things to Theon. Right. And has, you know, tortured him for, you know, a year, a year plus. Uh, Correct. You know, in some yeah, ways, he's done horrible things to him. Horrible you know, things. he he has, you know, horribly hurt both of these people in this scene. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think that there, you know, some of the responses that I've been seeing personally tonight is a lot of people saying, like, there's no way that Reek can ever be redeemed. There's no redemption for Theon because he just stood there and watched and i agree it sucks that he just stood there and watched but you know get inside the head of this guy for a little while and just like think on all the things that we've seen ramsey put theon through over these past couple of seasons you know this isn't a guy who is you know rushing to heroic action you know this is a guy who has held a blade to ramsey snow's throat to ramsey bolton's throat um shaving him uh and you know just proceeded like he was his barber you know didn't do anything had every opportunity in the world to just Mm -hmm. slice his throat so he's really been conditioned to not act out against his master um so i think you know you know we would really hope that theon could emerge and theon could be the guy that gets sansa out of that situation but i think that's expecting a lot from a guy who's you know been turned into a zombie um whether or not that is going to be the case forever you know that's what we could argue but i think in terms of tonight um, you know, there's there's been there's been a lot of groundwork laid by this show as for why Reek doesn't just turn on Ramsey in this moment. You know, why he doesn't just slit his throat when he has the razor up against his throat. So I think that right. the that the show has done a lot a lot of work in getting us to understand why Reek and Theon are who they are right now. But in some ways now, I feel like Sansa and Reek uh, like have something in common almost. And I wonder maybe if there could be some some place down the road where that, you know, they some, have some this, reconciliation, this common, you know, hatred of this person. I don't even know if Reek has the hatred for him. But I think for for Reek, I think that if the if Ramsey is, you know, off at some point, I think that's the only point where we could see re-turn back into Theon? Um, well, that that's a good lead into this next question. This is a question from Robert who writes in and says, who do you want to have the honor of killing Ramsey Snow Bolton? Reek, Arya, or Sansa? Um, what what do you think? Do you think that one of those three would have the honor of offing Ramsey one of these days? It should be Sansa. It should be Sansa and Reek should get to watch. Yeah. That would be pleasurable. I would love that. Yes, that'd be good. I would, I would enjoy that tremendously. That'd be terrific. She gets a watch. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully that's where we're going. I think I think it would be really satisfying for for Reek himself to get to do it. But I think that we've we've got a lot of work to do to get Reek in a position where he'd be willing to do that. Uh, Sansa, you know, listen, Sansa had a horrific, horrific, horrific thing happen to her. But Sansa Stark is a Stark, and Sansa Stark is a badass. Uh, and the North remembers, and I don't think that Sansa Stark is just going to, you know, take, you know, she's, she's, she's a strong, sturdy character. And I could, I could see Ramsey Bolton really ruining the day that he crossed the line with her. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Lauren Garcia. Which method do you think the pirates will die? 
Uh, my brother says pirates with grayscales fed to dragons. Then my brother continued jokingly asked, uh, will that kill the dragons? Oh, my God. That is a, that is a chain of events. Um, can dragons get grayscale? Tainted meat! Tainted, tainted meat! Or when they, when they roast the meat, will yes. that get grayscale? No, that's, that, I think that's the answer. I think as, as long as they don't eat it you raw. Cook the meat. Right. You got to cook it. Otherwise, you could get like, you know, uh, scale manella. Right, grayscale Manila. Grayscale Manila. Uh, if you don't cook it, yeah. What do you, What do you think? These pirate, these pirates, are they toast? As in dragon food? Yeah, are they dragon food? Are they are they are they grayscale before they become dragon food? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know necessarily that they have to die. The pirates. I think that they could just bring if they you know bring Sir Jorah to Marine and and say here's my contestant to be in the fighting pit. I think Danny could just say you know like uh, hey the, he's mine. I'll he's give mine. you claimed. I'll, yeah, I'll give you whatever gold currency in Marine they use, and then they could just be on their way. They don't have to right. necessarily die, the pirates. Yeah, yeah, okay. They like money. All right, this is, this, is, this is Michelle Jones. Michelle Jones writes, how do you think what just happened to Sansa will change or will it make her stronger or weaker? Um, what do you think, Rob? What do you, what do you think is the follow-up with, with, uh, with Sansa after, after what happened? Well, I think for Sansa, I feel like that this is not going to be like another reek situation. I don't think that she's going to go catatonic after this. I think that she is going to become, you know, angrier and more emboldened. And, and I think that she becomes a stronger figure after this. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, certainly hopefully, uh, you know, we've one reek is enough. <laughs> one reek is enough. That's a really depressing thing to think about. Sansa getting the reek treatment. Um, but I think I think what you what you've really hit on is there is a ticking you know a ticking clock element you know here with the Bolton situation. You know if it's not going to be the Baratheons that get the better of them, then Littlefinger and the Knights of the Vale are coming. Uh, so hopefully there's just not enough time for Ramsay Bolton to do too much more damage. Okay. Uh, All right. Katie let's, let's hear from KDD. KDD, the muffin that sucks, writes in, did Littlefinger really just sell out Sansa? I actually thought he cared for her. I think you and I agree on this, Rob, right? That, that Littlefinger, when he's telling Cersei that I will, I will serve you Sansa Stark's head on a platter, he doesn't truly mean it. Yes, he is not loyal to Cersei anymore. Anything he says to Cersei should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah, a grain of salt. A gray, a gray scale of salt? Mm, I don't know. No more gray Sorry, scale. That was a reach. That was a reach. That was a reach. Uh, all right, Teddy Blue Bear, Spicy Wasabi writes in, George R. R. Martin signed off on that last scene. Um, George R. R. Martin did sign off on that last scene in the sense that he signed off on HBO making a show out of his book. Uh, you know, he's, he's a producer on the show, but he does not have final say. You know, this is, this is a, a David Benioff and Dan Weiss call. So if you want to lay this at the feet of anybody, it's the two guys who run the show. But George R. R. Martin, he signed a deal. Uh, you know, he, I think that he gets say in terms of what happens on the show. And, you know, he has input in terms of what happens on the show, but he is not the final decision maker. So, uh, you know, he, he signed a deal to make a show, so he doesn't really get to say whether or not that's seen. Do you think that this is going to be an uproar like from season four, where we had the scene with Cersei and, J- and Jamie in the sept? Um, I think that we're going to be talking about this a lot this week. Yeah, uh, I do. I, I don't think that it will be like that scene in the sense that, um, I don't think that the show intended for the Jamie and Cersei thing to to be a rape scene, um, and that was that was a huge. You don't huge think point. that they did intend for it to be? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think when when you hear 
when you hear all of the interviews with with the actors who played Jamie and Cersei and the people who who were involved in it, I don't think that that was necessarily their intent. And I think that that was a big part of the problem of why people were so uh, really, really affected by that scene and not, you know, necessarily, um, you know, on on board with the scene from a creative standpoint. I think that, you know, this is a, a clear cut rape scene, what happened between Ramsey and Sansa mm-hmm. tonight. Like there's there's no there's no ambiguity in between like what the show was trying to pull off versus how the audience is interpreting it. Um, I think where the, where the questions are going to, are going to come in and where, where the conversation is going to go this week. If I, if I were to guess is like, why does this have to happen? Like, does this have to happen to Sansa? Why, why is, has the show gone too far? Is this just too much for game of Thrones? You know, it's such a depressing show to begin with. Is is it just, is it a bridge too far? And I think that a lot of people are going to say, yeah, um, and I think that there's some people who are going to say, no, this is the world that we fought into. Um, and I'm I'm curious to see how that dialogue plays out over the coming week. But um, I, I do think that we will be we will be hearing about this quite a bit and um, you know not unfairly so. OK, let's keep going. Uh, our Philly says, did seeing the Hall of Faces in the House of Black and White make the faceless men's magic more or less exciting to you guys? Now, that wasn't like the Hall of Fame of the uh, Faceless Men. <laughs> These are the where... best faces we've ever worn. Oh, right, so right. They were, that they retired? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, that's, that's an interesting way of looking at like it. Like in the NFL Hall of Fame that they have like busts of all the best players? You know that's going over my head. <laughs> were you, did that make you pumped up, Josh? Uh, the NFL Hall of Fame reference, or no, seeing faces, all of the heads. The yeah, see, no, it was awesome. It was, it was really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's always fun to see the show. Uh, really, really lean into some of these higher fantasy moments. It doesn't always land really well with everybody. You know, thinking about the big scene in the season four finale where Bran and Hodor and Jojen and Mira are fighting off, you know, the army of skeletons, and everyone's like, "What the hell is happening? This, what show am I watching?" Um, you know, so sometimes it doesn't land well with people. I tend to I tend to enjoy it when the show tries for that stuff. And this kind of felt along those lines. This was me. fine. Yeah, this was fine. And, you know, I, I thought I thought it was cool. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was weird as hell. And I like that. I like weird. Weird is good. Okay. What about this question from Natalie? Let's take this question from Natalie. Natalie, Natalie writes, is Sansa close to putting a candle in the high tower? How will that play out? Brienne cannot think that she can take on a whole army. Uh, well, I don't know. Brienne's pretty, pretty much a badass, uh, basically. Um, do you think that Sansa is going to be lighting that candle in the high tower sometime soon, Rob? <sighs> I think that would be the first thing that I do after, after this night. I think it's straight to the high tower. Hey, North, remember me? Get me out of here. This is not good. This is not okay. Let me just ask this this question, and this is just a you know, devil's advocate question. When when Sansa went along with this plan, when Littlefinger said you're going to marry Roose Bolton, now right. I sure I'm sure in her wildest imagination she did not imagine that okay Theon would be watch watching her on her wedding night, but right. but. Is this not what she knew she was going to be getting into? Oh, I don't. I don't think that she knew that this was how it was going to go down. No, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think so. But minus um, the Theon part. Minus the Theon. Theon wasn't there. Isn't this what she kind of a, a, agreed to be getting into when she's when she agreed to Littlefinger's plan of go marry Bruce Bolt? Uh, Bruce. Uh, I'm sorry, Ramsay Bolton. 
like is is she accepting that there is going to be a sexual encounter with right. her new husband? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I I would assume so. But that being said, this was you know this this was not what what she planned for, and I think it's it's far beyond just the the theon of it all. It's the you know ripping her clothes off and being you know forceful in language and action. So mm-hmm. you know it's 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 very different from what she signed on for. It's not what she signed on for at all. She might have thought that the that Ramsey was going to be a nice guy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like you know, he's not. Theon like, was um, very nice guy. I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Joffrey. <laughs> Tyrion. Tyrion was a very nice guy. Yeah, Tyrion. Tyrion was a nice guy. Maybe she thought it was going to go more in that direction. No, I don't think that she was excited for this at all. But I don't think that she uh, could have imagined that it was going to be as as horrible as it was. Okay. All right. This is from the Muffin That Sucks. Why on earth did Sansa let Miranda into her room after the kennel situation? Yeah, but this is, you know, there is good Sansa and bad Sansa. <laughs> Great question, yeah. Uh, Sansa, I think maybe just to, to, throw, uh, to throw it in Miranda's face. You know, she, she has that great moment with Miranda where she's like, what are you, is this his ex-girlfriend? Are you a child? You know, get out of here. What, what is this with, with you and your, and your broken heart? Come on. Uh, you know, maybe she was looking forward to just mean girling Miranda, but, um, you know, she's a brave, she's a brave person. You know, she's the one who walks towards the kennels. You know, she's going to let Miranda in her room. Okay. All right. We got one last question, uh, from Donald wants to know, do you think that Ari will be able to get revenge this season on some of the names she wants dead? Yeah. I think wait for, uh, like Marin Trant to show up on a previously on, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's the tell. That'll be the cue. Yeah, when he shows up on a previously on previously on Game of Thrones, Marin Trant and Mace Tyrell were heading to Bravos. Uh, I think that that's the moment in that episode you'd be like, okay, something's probably going to happen. Okay, uh, whether she whether she pulls it off or not is the question, but I think that's going to be your first opportunity to see if Arya can get some revenge. All right, we are just beginning here on this week of Game of Thrones coverage, correct? Correct. Yeah, we'll have you know it's a, the stand, standard procedure here. We're going to have our feedback show. We will have the Game of Thrones book club. Tons and tons and tons and tons to unpack from. Um, you know, a, a very a very heavy episode for sure. Uh, so lots to talk about, and we will we will get into all of that this week. All right, voicemails come to us at postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail, or you could send us your emails at got at postshowrecaps.com. Okay, Josh, we need a hashtag tonight. Need a hashtag. Okay, I've got uh, some, I've got some options for you. Let's hear it. Okay, uh, I've got Chekhov's birthmark. Uh huh. I've got Westeros Weekly. That's what I was thinking. I've got uh, dwarves members only. Yeah, I don't think so. Not tonight. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not tonight. I have a wiener merchant. <laughs> I think also not tonight. Okay. Maybe not tonight. Bear hug it out. I like that. And Arya three. All right, go with, go with any of those. I like Arya 3. I like Bear Hug It Out. I like Westeros Weekly. Okay, there you go. Give us any one of those and we'll be happy. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, a- anything you can else? Keep your wiener merchants away. Please. Yeah, we don't want that. I mean, I, we don't, like, that you know, that's probably just a line. Like, hey, it's magic. Like, uh, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You want to see me di- make it disappear? No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Please stop no. it. Stop that Stop now. it. Stop Stop. Okay. On. All right. <laughs> Josh, a- a- anything else tonight from tonight's Game of Thrones? No, no. I, th- I think we covered it, and I think uh, anything we didn't cover, we will we will cover this week. So 
Uh, get those questions into us. Uh, show up for feedback show. Show up for book club, and we'll hash out the rest of this episode. All right, great stuff tonight. Uh, you could follow Josh on Twitter. He's at Round Howard. I am at Rob Sestrino. Uh, we've got uh, much more coming up this week on the uh, post show recaps. Uh, Josh, you, you working on anything good? Uh, most mostly Game of Thrones right now, but there might be some uh, some fun things that are popping later in the week. I hear I hear that there's a lost anniversary coming up, so maybe maybe we'll do something about that okay all right so um much more to come subscribe to our post show recaps podcast feed at postshowrecaps.com slash itunes or for game of thrones only postshowrecaps.com slash got itunes have a great night everybody we'll talk to you again soon bye